Good afternoon, everyone. I am Naida Alvarado. This is my podcast. Uh, just sharing encouraging words of faith and other uh, life experiences. And this afternoon, I want to share what happened on the day that my husband got into an accident, January 15th of 2015. So, on that morning, um, I used to work from home, so I was working um, <clears throat> that day, and my husband, as he normally does, he gets up, and we have breakfast and whatnot, and he was getting ready to go to work, so he he normally sets everything um, ready, like his uniform. At, the, at that time, he, he was a county sheriff. And um, he had left his uniform and everything set on his bed. And he proceeded to tell me, hey, I'm going to go put gas in the car and I'll be right back. Nothing out of the ordinary. And um, since I was working, I didn't notice that that uh, like an hour and a half had gone by. And um, my husband was not back. And I was like, what's going on? So I got this eerie feeling. And... um, that something was not right. So I reached out. Um, I had texted my husband. I had called him and he didn't respond to me, which was nothing out of the ordinary because typically when my husband drives, he doesn't like to answer the phone. He doesn't like to text while he's driving. And if he does, he'll put me on speaker. But that day he did not answer to my text, nor did he answer my phone calls. And so I reached out to my supervisor and I told him, hey, listen, my husband's been gone for like an hour and a half and I have this feeling something's wrong because I've been texting and calling him and he's not answering and it's not like him. So, needless to say, <clears throat> I brought my shift to an end and um, I continued to call and text my husband, still no answer. So by this time, I am like frantic. And I, I was just... I didn't know what was happening. And so I reached out to one of my friends and I was telling her, hey, listen, my husband, um, he left, you know, to put gas in the car and he hasn't returned and I'm, I'm concerned. I don't know what's going on. And so <clears throat> she said just to calm down. And then um, I first of all, I had called my daughter and, and I told my daughter, you know, what was happening. And she said, well, mom, maybe he went out to work out or called in sick from work I said no he will your dad would not do that without you know telling me first and she's like okay I, I'm gonna take a drive by the gym to see if he's by the gym you know <clears throat> in the meantime you know I called my son I was telling my oldest son I was telling him what was happening he was trying to calm me down and then that's when I called my friends and while I was in the on the on the phone talking to after I spoke to my daughter I think it was I got a phone call from his job and it was the his lieutenant and she told me listen I'm calling to let you know that your husband was involved in a vehicle accident and he broke both his legs and his arms and uh, but he's in stable condition and he's on you know on the way to the hospital and I was like what so of course I, I immediately became a nervous wreck I started to cry and so I reached out to my friend. I told her what happened. So 
you know, she told me, listen, you can't drive in that state of mind that you're right now. So I'm going to call one of the brothers from the church. And so my friend's name is Jackie. Jackie called um, my uh, the brother from church. His name is uh, Brother Rich. And Brother Rich came and picked me up and he drove me to the hospital. On the way to the hospital, I'm calling my family and letting them know what happened and whatnot. And then I go to, um, I get to the hospital and as I'm walking into the front door, I see a county sheriff and he goes to me, I, 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 I said, I was looking for my husband. He said, are you the one um, uh, that's uh, married to the, the county sheriff that got into the accident? I said, yes. And the first thing he asked me was, hey, do you have his, uh, his uh, gun? I said, no, it's at home, lying on the bed because he had left everything set before he went to work. He's like, okay, that's all we wanted to know because we couldn't find it in the scene of the accident and we just wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to end up, you know, in the wrong hands. I said, no, the gun is safe. So I walk into the emergency room and the next thing you know, I hear a guy screaming and it was my husband. And I could not go into the room because I didn't want, I didn't know what state my husband was in. So brother rich that was with me he's like you go ahead and sit down by this point i'm hyperventilating he was trying to calm me down he went and he assessed the situation took a peek in the in the room and he told me hey your husband looks you know he, he looks in, in in great condition i mean i did see that you know he's got a leg wrapped up and and uh, it looks like he broke his his uh, wrist bone and something but as far as i could see nothing happened to his face you know I said, oh, my God. And at this point, my, my pastor at the time for the church that I was a member of shows up. And, you know, he's trying to calm me down. And then all of a sudden, the chaplain from the hospital shows up. And I was like, I got even more frantic then. Because, you know, when the chaplain from the hospital shows up, that is not good, right? So finally, once the doctor was done with my husband, I was able to get in the room with him. And as soon as he saw me, he starts to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what are you sorry about? This is not your fault. This was an accident. And so, um, you know, he kept repeating himself. Like every five minutes, he would ask me the same questions. And I was asking the doctor what the heck was going on. And, um, you know, the doctor wasn't, he, he was not able to be clear with me as to what was going on. He said, we did a CT scan. His brain is fine. He didn't receive any injuries to his brain, you know, um, I'm, I'm telling you, it was like really crazy. So all in all, he broke his right hand wrist. He broke his uh, humerus bone and he broke his femur bone. And he had a small fracture to the hip on the left side. But nothing happened to his face, to his chest. I mean, nothing. It was nothing but a miracle that my husband survived. So my husband and I had a dual uh, Chevy Spark. And these cars are, they're small. They're a little bigger than the smart car. So when when he was, because the person that hit him um, uh, T-boned him. So the car spun out of control and he was uh, ended up uh, hitting a pole. And the right side of the car was wrapped around the pole. And so... When they, um, I, I think it was on the side that he was, that the, 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 the car was wrapped on the pole. So this is a tiny car, right? So this car is made so when it's hit on impact and cr it crinkles rather than 
um, bent. It crinkles kind of like a paper when you crinkle a paper. And so it created sort of like a bubble and all the airbags would, were deployed in the car. This car has a total of 12 airbags and all of them were deployed. And a lot of times when people get hit by the airbag in itself, it could break their nose, it could break the face, you know, it could cause damage. And thank God Almighty that that did not happen to my husband. So my husband, they had to use the what they call the jaws of life to cut the door open to, to actually get my husband out. My husband was knocked out unconscious. So my husband didn't come to till a couple of days later. Like, like he, you know, he, he became aware that he was in the hospital because even when I went to the emergency room, my husband was not in the right mind. So, um, he had, he didn't know that he had been in the hospital for three days after the accident when he actually snapped out of the, the uh, you know, the effects of the, the painkillers and everything that they were giving him. And so when my husband, my husband went into surgery, I believe that same night of the accident, the surgery lasted like 14 hours. And um, midway, the, the, the bone doctor, whose, whose name is Dr. Lack, it's an amazing orthopedic doctor, he came downstairs to the waiting area to explain to me the process of the surgery, how everything was going. He was explaining to me everything, detail by detail, everything that he did for my husband's body. Pretty much, they were putting him back like Humpty Dumpty, you know? And so, I mean, this doctor was amazing. So once, you know, he he um, he came downstairs and, um, and explained everything, I was a little more calm, but it was still so long. I mean, by this time, it was almost 24 hours I had been up. And I'm sitting, and my one of my really good friends, Jackie, and her husband at the time, they were the ones waiting for me in the in the waiting area. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy, you know. And so finally, after surgery, they came down and told me, listen, your husband's in recovery. You won't be able to see him go home, get, get rest, and come back later. Easier said than done, right? So I finally went home, and I was able to rest. And the next day, I went back to see my husband. And I was like, oh, my God. I, it was just crazy in the way that I found him and, and, and um, you know, everything that they had done for him. And I was like, it's just unbelievable, the whole situation. I just could not believe that my husband had suffered such a horrible accident. But I was grateful to God that he spared his life, that he gave him another chance at life. You know, my husband used to uh, um, talk to me. Um, and he and, and he told me once, I remember one time he told me, you know, you know, I wonder what it's like to be at the threshold of life and death. And he said that that day when he had the accident, he experienced that. He actually experienced what what it was to be between the threshold of life and death because my husband nearly died. And, you know, it affected me and my children um, my oldest daughter was really impacted by the whole situation. Um, my husband, once they were done in the hospital with him, they sent him to a rehabilitation center because they couldn't do anything more for him at the hospital. And my husband refused to allow me to bring um, our younger kids to the hospital because he didn't want them to see him in the state that he was. So it had been a month since my husband had seen the kids 
when he first saw them. And I have the, the dramatic video of when he first saw them. And he began to cry and he was just grateful to to uh, been able to see my children. And so I remember one time that I went to visit him while he was at the rehabilitation center. And he was telling me that he was having a hard time breathing. And, and you know, I, I thought that he was having anxiety from just being at the rehabilitation center, not being able to walk and use his arms, you know. So um, I asked him if he wanted me to give him a melatonin to help him relax. And he said no. So he said he was going to call the nurse. And so he called the nurse after I had left. And the nurse told him, well, I can give you a, a drug killer, you know, um, something for you to help you with the pain and he's like are you are you going to guarantee me that I'm going to wake up if I take this painkiller she's and he's like I can't guarantee that so he's like no then I don't want it so then all of a sudden you know like a few minutes after he spoke to the nurse that he had left the room my husband calls him again listen I can't I'm having a really hard time breathing so they called the hospital they rushed into the hospital Mind you, I'm on my way home and I get a call and they're like, listen, listen, your your husband's been rushed to the hospital. He's having a hard time breathing. And I'm like, what's going on? So I rushed back to the to the um, trauma hospital, which was the, the Loyola University Hospital. And I get there and they tell me that my husband has they found a few blood clots. Um, in his lungs and um, that was the cause of him so my husband could have died from uh, uh, aneurysm from the from the um, blood clot Um, and I don't think that's the right term but he had a blood clot in his lung anyways they started to treat him with blood thinners to break down the blood clot and they kept him in the hospital a few days and then after that they sent them back to the rehabilitation center so at the rehabilitation center they did some um, you know, uh, they would do some rehabilitation exercises with him and, um, they had to help him, you know, put him in a wheelchair and take him to, to the area where they would do these exercises with him. And I remember that during this whole process, you know, a lot of people from church came to visit him. I remember, um, the, uh, the men, uh, the group of men from the church came and they prayed for him one night. And uh, Brother Rich, who, who was heading the men's group, had prayed over my husband in a, and the men coming in agreement with him. And my husband remembers that the glory of God was in that room and he felt the presence of the Lord, you know. And um, I remember that when I go, would go visit my husband, he would always tell me, I'm not going to be in this bed forever. I'm going to get up, and, you know. And like a few weeks after that, he got up from the bedding and he was able to get into a wheelchair and he would say to me, I'm not going to stay in this wheelchair forever. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk. And a few more weeks went by and he went from the wheelchair to using a cane, to getting around in a cane. So finally, they trained me briefly on how to help him out of bed and, and, and the wheelchair and stuff so I wouldn't hurt my back. Because they were not able to do anything with him. Um, he was not able to put any pressure on his leg or anything yet. So they sent him home. So we, we set up a room. They, they, they gave us a hospital bed. So basically, I had to help my husband eat. I had to um, bathe him and help get, you know, dress him and take care of him because my husband was not able to do anything. And um, 
basically I was the only one that was able to help him do that because there was nobody else then the nurse will come and check on him take his vitals and stuff just to see what his progress was eventually you know when when he when we got the okay from from the orthopedic doctor that he was able to put weight back on his body they started to do the rehabilitation centers so I would take him and they would do the the rehabilitation um, training with him and all that stuff and exercises and little by little my husband started to gain um his his uh, movement of his leg again he was able to use his arm again and i remembered that about eight months by the eighth month my husband was already ready to go to work and the doctor had told him it was going to take him two years to recoup and and get back to a semi-normal life my husband healed within six to seven months and the doctor was so astounded he was amazed I remember that he brought the x-rays after he did the x-rays on my husband's uh, leg and arm. And he told my husband, I cannot believe how fast your bone has healed. Like you got bone on bone growing. And he says, you're a miracle. And the doctor, my husband told him, listen, I'm getting, I'm going, I'm going to, I want to go back to work. I'm ready to get back to work. And my, and the doctor was like, no, you can't go back to work. Take, take a year. And my husband was like, no, I can't afford it. You know? And, um, Needless to say, he signed off and, and released my husband to go back to work. My husband went back to work in eight months when he was told he was not going to be able to return back to work for two years. And there's the whole, during this whole process, let me tell you, the, the people of God, the church that I was a part of and another church that I was visiting, these, they came uh, together and they provided for me and my family a meal every day every day there was somebody going to my house dropping off food you know and uh, they were blessing us financially my my son my oldest son at the time had um had started a gofundme account and a lot of people were donating money towards my husband's situation we were able to pay our rent pay our bills and 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 be okay and and even at the last minute before my husband went back to work our 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 rent was due and we didn't have the money for it and he received the check the last check from his um uh disability from um the county <clears throat> and we were able to pay our rent and we still had money to do groceries and pay some other small bills that we had and i wanted to share this testimony with you to encourage you that god never leaves us he never forsakes us even though we might go through situations and a process in our life that might seem like like we we're not going to make it out because this was very difficult for me and for my children to go through and um god never left us he never forsaked us he was there through every step of the way of this situation this experience that we had where we almost lost my husband my children almost lost a father and it was really traumatic for me. And, uh, and to this day, I, I think back about that day. And, and, and I'm just so grateful to God for his mercy and his grace upon my husband and our family. And I just want to let you know not to give up. I know that sometimes we go through a process or we go through something in life that we feel like it's never going to stop or it's not going to end. Or we, we, it feels like we're never going to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. But trust me, put your faith in God. Trust in Him. And He will get you through that situation. 
He will give you the faith and the strength that you need in order to overcome that situation that you're going through. Do not give up. Don't abandon the process. Allow God to come in. Give him the reins of that situation. Give him the the situation. Give him whatever it is that you're going through. Put it in his hands and say grace unto it, which means you remove your hand from it and God takes a hold of it. He said in his word, he will not leave you nor forsake you. And he's there every step of the way. Just trust him. Trust him. And you will be all right. So I hope that this uh, message encourages you. And I invite you this day, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never given your life to the Lord, say the simple prayer and say, Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior. And I ask you at this moment to forgive me of all my sins, that you would wash me as white as snow that I will be clean before you and that you will forgive me of all my sins, everything that I've committed. And that at this time, I ask you to be Lord of my life. And at this point of me receiving you as my Lord and Savior, I am saved. So if you repeated this, this prayer and you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let somebody know that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and connect yourself to a Bible Holy Spirit filled church a Bible believing church and connect yourself with some brothers and some sisters and begin to uh, make a connect with these people and um, and start to build the the relationship with Jesus Christ He will not leave us. I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be easy because it's going to be difficult because the enemy is going to come at you from all ways because he hates when people um, become saved and and they make Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives because he wants you to to um, to lose your life. He wants you to leave this earth without knowing Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you that there's nothing better out there than Jesus. This world is going to give you everything that that you want but it's all counterfeit he makes everything look greener on the other side but when you cross that road and you get to the other side there's nothing but rubble there's nothing but dirt there's nothing beautiful about it because that's what he does he creates a smoke screen and he he makes you see things that 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 look better but they're not it's just a lie from the enemy to keep you from knowing Jesus. And I'm telling you that had I not had Jesus in my life, I would not have been able to um, overcome this situation that I went through when my husband almost lost his life in, in this accident. I would have been able to go through it without him. He is my source. He is my strength, my healer, my lawyer, my doctor, my confidant, the healer of my soul, the Lord of my life. He is my everything. And I want you to know my Jesus. So I hope that this blessed you. Share this message with somebody that you feel that needs to hear it. I pray that you may have a blessed day, a wonderful day. God bless you. And until next time. Bye-bye.